welcome. We are here again for another episode of Exes and Babies. I am Jeff, and that is Sydney. And today we have a special guest here today, Marcus. So, Marcus, introduce yourself and let the people know who you are and what you do. Okay. How y'all doing? First of all, thank y'all for having me on. Thank you for being here. My name's Marcus Alexander. I'm a I'm a clinical therapist here in uh, Seattle. Uh, licensed in the whole state of Washington, so I deal with families and, and couples. And it's ironic that you guys have this podcast about exes, because I deal with a lot of people who become exes eventually and have to work out that parenting part. So, mm-hmm. so this will be interesting today. Well, yeah. <laughs> well. Happy that you're here, though. Yeah. I'm really happy. Your voice is, is needed. So, thank you for being here today. Okay. Yeah. What really excites me about this episode is that uh, Marcus is a therapist as well as he co-parents himself, and Absolutely. so we'll be. You know, exploring what that journey's been like for you and what some of your clients have to manage through. Over 30 years of parenting, by the way. So 30 years? Okay, cool, cool, Better cool, cool, cool. Yeah, Better. <laughs> yeah, so we got it. Got my measly seven years. <laughs> <laughs> what do I, why am I even behind but the once mic? you parent one year, that's it. You're okay, right. okay. eternal life. Yeah. <laughs> that's dope. That's what's up. I'm happy about this. Thank yeah. you for being here for real, for real. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. So, Marcus, tell us a little bit about you and your co-parenting situation now. Well, it's complex, so I'm going to try to break it down from a timeline so everybody can understand. So back in 1992, way back then, uh, I had my first child, right? I was in high school. Um, Teen parent, didn't even know how to take care of myself, so I had to take care of a child. My daughter was born. um, I had to figure out how how to, you know, maneuver financially. So what I did was I had to go to the military, turn down some scholarships I had. I worked on in in basketball because scholarships were not going to pay for the the, the milk so right. went to the military instantly went overseas but here's the difference I could have had uh, opportunity to just co-parent and not get married but mm-hmm. in my ideal world I'm like and I'm not gonna have my child raised by anybody else I'm gonna raise my child mm-hmm. so the only way I can do that in the military is I had to get married so let, and, let me pause you right there would you have done that differently absolutely now, you know my whole life would have been done differently but we'll get okay. into that okay. if you want. Cool. yeah yeah, because now you have the, the advantage of hindsight, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, I was limited. You know, my mom was limited, so I didn't have that much guidance there either. So um, so I did what I thought was best based on my, my little brain at the time. So uh, I thought what was best is give my child a two-parent household. So I did that, complete disaster, because right. I still was growing up, right? You're still growing up, 17, 18, 19. So by the time we got married, we had another child during the marriage. So, so I had a girl and a boy. Uh, marriage was a disaster though because I didn't know how to be a husband mm. so uh, father I was working on it because you know you do it as you go but a husband I completely failed on that part so um, I was into sports basketball you know traveling around with the military with basketball so I, I wasn't home enough so that marriage failed because of that you know the inability to be at home and be consistent when you have two you know toddlers so uh, I ended up staying in Georgia. She ended up going back to Alabama. So now that made co-parenting a little difficult. So just being across state lines. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah. Plus the reason why, you know, she didn't want to get a divorce. So she was holding some animosity for that too. Yeah. So it, it was rough. So so you know it, it it bleeds down to the kids because now the kids are hearing her sorrow, mm-hmm. and now they're you know five and two, five and three actually, and now they're like. Why are you hurting mommy? You know, that type mm-hmm. of thing. So, and then she's holding that parenting piece over my head, the visitations and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know. So we had to eventually go to court and work some things out because we couldn't do it together. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, as we get into the story, you'll see that it hurt It hurt my parenting situation with my kids today, you know. Mm-hmm. So my daughter's 30 and my son is 28, but yet they still hold those trauma bonds from, from way back when. So. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh. No, no, no. Um, and once again, I'm happy that you're here, and because I, you know, have a 13 year old daughter. Okay. As well, and when you touched on the court aspect of it, that interesting thing for me too, because I had to deal with the court as well, yeah. and and dealing with the court is always a last option in my Absolutely. opinion, because once yeah. you go there, that means you're completely taking responsibility all the way out of your hands. Now, now it's all documented. Now it's all legalities. Now. Yeah. Right. So yeah. my question right now, before we could dive more into your background story, mm-hmm. how did going through the court, the court shape your outlook on parenting? Move well, it, yeah. it, it simplified parenting. So the parenting piece was, yeah, it helped the parenting piece, meaning it simplified, but it, it, it hurt the secure attachment with my kids mm. because, you know, court is not easy. You know, somebody's going to win, somebody's going to lose. It's not a win-win situation. 
So, you know, she's fighting for full custody. I'm fighting for full custody. We end up meeting in the middle. But meeting in the middle, somebody has to lose. So you're right. grieving that, right? So right. you're grieving that whole process. So when, when she was grieving that process, she's the domicile parent. The kids are absorbing all of that. Plus, mm -hmm. it's just a loss. I left mm -hmm. the household. So when you leave the household, regardless of what you get in the courts, you still lose out mm -hmm. from the kids' parenting. Because you need to be there every day, right? Let's just, right. Let's, we're going to call it what it is. There's no way you can successfully parent from a distance. You can mitigate some losses, but for the most part, it's going to be some insecure attachments. And I didn't learn that until later. Mm. Back to your question, would I have done anything different? Absolutely. I probably wouldn't have went to the courts. Okay. Yeah, because I knew what it was going to cause my kids now. Right. right. And if you don't mind sharing, what what year was like the whole court process going 96. on? 96. 96. Okay. So 96, uh, you know, we ended up getting a divorce in 96. Okay. okay. So we was only together, we was together for six years because we was together two years in high school, then the four years married. Okay. So we oh, high school sweethearts. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay, so I heard you say a few terms, and I just want to make sure our listeners understand them. So you said, like, trauma bonds, mm -hmm. insecure, secure attachments. Can you break that down for people and myself, honestly? <laughs> yeah, yeah, trauma bonds. Um, you know, I didn't. again, this is after my education, and, and I didn't know this at 17, but uh, when, you, when you end up experiencing trauma, and to me, trauma is experienced, right? So it's perception. So when you share that with someone else, then it becomes a trauma bond. So my daughter and my son was young, but, you know, he kind of vicariously got some of that too, right? But uh, my daughter and my, my ex-wife really had a trauma bond together. They helped each other out, which is unhealthy, right? Mm. She should not have relied on a five-year-old to get her through the night, right? which she did. So she cried, child cried. Now I'm the source of contention because here we go. So now, even though I wasn't directly abusive or, or neglectful to my child, she experienced what I did to my ex-wife. So that's a trauma bond. Um, secure attachments is, you know, we all, when we have kids, we want to have the kids have secure attachments, meaning they have, they know how to love, they know how to be interdependent, they know how to express themselves. Anytime you have a gap in um, that type of process, meaning the parents are still dealing with issues, it, ca it causes a break in that secure attachment. And what happens is that child now becomes uh, self-sufficient. Every time you argue with your partner, especially in front of the child, it takes away from that child's experience. I mean, that child now adapts their experience to that, and now they, they become self-dependent, uh, which means now they create their own self-defense mechanisms. Mm -hmm. And once they do that, now they're not relying no more on the, on the parent, mm -hmm. which makes them, they elevate their childhood a little faster, mm -hmm. right? So, so all that stuff matters. So when you hear people say don't argue in front of the kids because the kids are forced, even though they're not telling you this, they're not being open, they're forced to take a side because they love both of you guys. Mm. Right. right. And when you say elevate their child, it means like they- You get, speed it up. You speed up their child. Yeah, because yeah. now they have to think independently, which right. their brain is not ready for that, right? Because they don't, because yeah. the parents are still trying to understand what the hell is going on. Right. right? right. So how how at five, seven, eight, they're going to understand this? Right. And that kind of, what you just said, that reminded me of something you said yesterday off mm. camera about, we was uh, talking about how adults are still dealing with childhood stuff. We're still yeah. immature, still- Right. Self-conscious still to this day. Yeah. We are of, children. We're in still my, children, right? In my head, yeah. Right. So yeah. that when you said that, that's what hit about yep. what you said yesterday too. Um, mm -hmm. So did that? Did your personal situation inspire you or made you? Did that help you lean towards becoming a therapist? Absolutely. Like that? Okay. that was that was you was actually talking about this yeah. before the session, but but here's the thing though, right? You know, I was all into business. I was making money, right? Working for Coke, I was good, and then I realized that I wasn't. You know, you wasn't having joy and peace because mm. I still had this broken relationship with my kids where it wasn't consistent enough for me. Plus, I realized I played a part in that. Before I even went to any type of school for, for therapy, I knew I, I, I kind of messed them up a little bit, right? Because I'm the dad. She's a, she's a girl. It's just some issues that she needed to deal with just with me. Mm. And I wasn't present because with my job, I was moving around from state to state. So I wasn't in the state that she was in. So even if I wanted to be present, I couldn't be there physically. Mm -hmm. So I realized that and I said, you know, what can I do to give back to other people who are going through this? Mm. You know, so I went to college one day uh, and just talked to a career advisor and they started walking me through all the professions and went all the way down from psychiatry to, you know, psychology. And then I, I ended up in, as a clinical therapist because I knew I could help a broad range of people. Plus, I can specialize in families. Mm. So that's what I ended up doing. Uh, and then I, that, that, that meant, though, I had to go through my kind of quarter-life, mid-life crisis. I had to quit my job that I've worked for for years mm -hmm. and had, you know, kind of stability there. Mm -hmm. And it was like quitting cold turkey. 
Okay. Um, yeah. So what do you feel like you've learned through your years of coaching, or excuse me, therapy, um, that's, like, have you taken things you've learned and apply that with your daughter? Like, have you? Absolutely. What now, now the like? problem is now we're in relationships. Now we're going to get into some deeper. Relationship requires two people. So you can be as, as, as healthy and ready to work on things as much as you want. If the other person is not prepared, you have to be patient. You mm -hmm. can't force them through their issue because they have to get there themselves. So my daughter to this day is still working through that because mm -hmm. now she is married and she has kids. Mm -hmm. So she is kind of in that trauma piece. And I, you know, I know it because of my profession where she's like, my daughters are never going to experience what I experienced. But that, that to me is a reaction to trauma. Mm -hmm. And that's not how you do it. Because if you really want to be healthy, you'll be like, let me make sure that my daughter now sees me and my, my dad have a good relationship. But she's on the opposite side. Right. I'm going to show you that I can do it without you. Mm -hmm. yeah, you? My no, I was going to say, uh, I was going to ask, uh, uh, after you got into clinical therapy, have you had those discussions with both your kids? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they actually, and you know, this is, this is, again, we talk about trauma, it runs deep, right? So my daughter specifically said, I, I'm triggered when you are successful now, right? Wow. Because she okay. sees her mom is unsuccessful. Really? Yeah. Okay. So financially unsuccessful, you know, her mom is, again, I think making like $12 an hour, you know, struggling, mm -hmm. right? So I, you know, I can only do what I can to make sure that they're fine. You know, I was financial. I mean, I always paid for whatever they needed. I was always there financially, but they kind of seen us as a unit from the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. So they never broke that kind of viewpoint. So even as I moved on with relationships, they still felt that I should have been with their mom. Mm -hmm. And my success was a direct reflection of her failure. Mm. Mm, that's deep. Yeah. yeah, that is deep. I never thought of it like that. So it's, like you said, it's trauma bonding. Because they, they identify with her, yeah. not, not our relationship yeah. individually. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, your success is, what you think is spiteful a little bit? Like, oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, she, 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 she personally said, I had to get off your Instagram. Wow. Like, I can't see you have fun with, you know, and now I have twins. I don't know if I told you guys that, but I have twins okay. now. So now, you know, she just can't take that. Because it mm. reminds now, her of like what she wanted, what she absolutely, was a child. Mm. absolutely. Man. So, how does your son? Because uh, you have a son, <sighs> yeah, okay. twenty eight, twenty eight, yeah. But you know, and I'm, we're gonna get to my my second born son. So okay. we, we'll get to that. But my 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 son, my first born is with my ex wife, uh -huh. and uh, what happened was with him, he just completely went streets. So he went oh. drugs and all that good oh, stuff. Sorry, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we still trying to work on getting him back. You know to the other side but he has a lot you know again his mom grew up in the hood mm. so you gotta think where she grew up at so a lot of that influenced it which i still had to get rid of some of that guilt mm -hmm. you know but when i look back and i go through the things and from a therapeutic standpoint because i had to go through my own therapy before i went became a therapist mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so i had to figure out could i have avoided that could i have prevented that and at some point is a cause and effect yes if you won't go down that road of what if yeah it could have been different but we don't know that right right so uh, everybody's responsible for their own actions. Mm -hmm. So I can't, I can't be irresponsible and take the accountability from his mom. Mm -hmm. She had a right to move and change her life just like I did. Right. Right. So I can't be responsible for her choices. So I had to get rid of that, and I had to forgive myself for that because I was holding on to those grudges. How hard right? was that? It was, it was tough because yeah, it's your it child. Like? Mm -hmm. It's your child because you think that you're living a, you know, I've, I've always made six figures since I was 25. So it was, it's like I always had financial gain. It was it was hard to see her resist the parent co-parenting piece and have them suffer. That's where the courts came in at, right? And mm -hmm. even with the courts, you know, it's still a choice, right? Mm -hmm. If they say I don't want to go with you, either you bring a cop, which is traumatizing them even more, yeah. right. <laughs> right, 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 or you sit there and respect their their opinions because you don't want to call, you know, you just don't want to damage them anymore. So, if you want to be with your mom this weekend instead of come with me. Okay, it's times where I said, hey, let them stay with me. I was living in D.C., let them stay with me. They, nice schools, top of the line uh, living. I don't want that. They're mm. not coming up there with you and, excuse my, you and your bitch. Mm. Oh, wow. So that's the co-parenting cycle that I was in, right? So, and uh, you get to a point where you don't want your kids to just see you fighting all the time, so you withdraw a little bit. Right. And you don't want to be fighting all the time. Well, for my kids, I would have, but you know, I'm thinking big picture. Now, if 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 I come in and I'm I'm yelling at the mom, I'm calling the mom crazy for how she's thinking, or doing what some parents do, go to the child and say your mom is crazy. See what she's. I'm not right. going to do that. Looking for validation yeah. from a child. Yeah, I'm yeah. not doing that. So I just yeah. said, you know what? They'll learn when they get older. Mm -hmm. You know that I'm there for them. Uh, I never stopped being financial, which is amazing. She kept taking the money. 
She never, you know, you know. But the the, the story that that was written for me, the narrative was dead be dad. Mm. But it's either that or you fight or you get a police to come get him. Right. Yeah, so it's I, almost like the situation that you can't win. Well, that's how I seen it. But yeah. after going through therapy, I realized that I was winning because I had to make my own choices. She had to make her own choices. And then, you know, it's cause and effect in life. Right. That's part of, you know, so my I had to tell my daughter today is you made a choice. Believe it or not, even though you was a minor, you still made a choice. You have to live with that as well. Because I had to live with the choice as a minor of having you. Mm, right. Yeah. So we can't pick and choose what choice we're going to make and what choice we're accountable for. So, you know. It was all that. So, you know, we we having to process through that. And then mom t- still to this day, because she has no therapy, of course. So she doesn't understand anything outside of her purview. Mm. Right. So all she sees is her station in life right now. And then said, if if one of those make believe things, if you would have done this, I would have been better. But we're not living in make believe. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Facts. So, so that's how that's how it manifests. But in the middle of that, I want to kind of talk about something, too. In the middle of that, like, so I'm going through life. And I'm dating another girl, right? So this is back in 2013, 14. And she ended up getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. So I have a son that uh, is it's my third son, right? Uh, so he's now seven. So And this is the, the most, I guess, the biggest reward in my life because we're co-parenting, me and a young lady. She's in Florida. I'm here. And we're working it out. Okay. you know. And we've been working it out since birth. I've been seeing him you know, pretty much three, four times a year. And uh, I've learned from that, that that co-parenting mistake back in the day. So, what do you mean? Elaborate on that. Meaning, I just know that I I know what I want. So instead of speaking to my fears, oh, I'm never gonna be around my kids. I need to do this and reacting to that. I now react to the goals. Hey, I want my kid to be this. And mm. when I started manifesting that to her, even though we were we were not gonna be together, and she knew we weren't gonna be together. It was no, you know, we wouldn't even in a relationship when this happened. So, right. she knew that. Okay. I got somebody who's level-headed who's going to work with me. Again, finances was, was never a problem. So he's going to have everything he needed financially, but I was going to give him now the, the emotional support. That right. he I think you should make that a T-shirt. Don't react to your fears, react to your goals. Yeah. That was mm. a bar you just laid yeah. this now. That's yeah. tough. So. Yeah. That, that, message. Yeah, message. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, That's tough. So going into your practice, you move over here, mm-hmm. move out here, set up your practice out here. How has the reaction been towards you, right? Being a black male family therapist. Love it. Been the best place. No, okay, so let me give you some background on that. I came from New Orleans, had a private practice there. Uh, And and it's ironic enough that even though I was in New Orleans, I only dealt with white clients. So even in New Orleans, when I was working in New Orleans, it was 60% black, right? Completely opposite than Seattle. But I only dealt with the minority in in New Orleans, right? Because it was, you know, I got connected because of co- my, my, my networks. I got connected with a lot of high-end people in there who wanted couples counseling. And it got to the point where it was so lucrative that, you know, I just stayed with that and it was more of a, a specialist type basis. So I wasn't advertised or anything. I've never truly, like, really been on social media for counseling. I've been on social media for other things, but mm-hmm. but never for counseling. My business has always been word of mouth. I'm going to pass you a card. I'm going to pass you a card, right? Mm-hmm. Call this guy up. So it was always business rolling. So, again, I told you my wife ended up getting an opportunity she could not pass up here. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'll keep my practice in in, um, in New Orleans because it's COVID. So it's right. going to be virtual anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then I'll um, come up here and start one in, in Washington. And I got licensed in Washington as well as California. And then once I got up here, I got connected with some people. It seemed like I always find networks, right? I got connected with some people who said, I know somebody. You're a minority. They, they, they tested me out to see what I know clinically. Mm-hmm. So once they did that, it was like, hey, man, we're going to hook you up with Microsoft, Zillow, you know, all these big time companies. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, let's see how that goes. And got hooked up. Right. So what's been the, I know you can't, you know, client privilege, whatever document, whatever that <laughs> clinical stuff is called. Confidentiality. <laughs> there it goes. Yeah, thank you. I was going to find that word. Keep you, fishing. What are your thoughts right, on confidentiality? Right. I was fishing for that word. That yeah, word was we got somewhere. you. We got you. What's the, the, the most common thing you run across when you do your sessions with families? Like, what's the common issue? Well, that you come across the common issue is lack of compassion right because okay. i people come in and they have their own notebook so they reading off their own notebook mm-hmm. and and the lack of compassion is the ability to see the whole picture mm-hmm. and so i try to get them to put their notebook down and let's read off one notebook at a time 
So if, if you here with your old lady and you fighting and y'all going through stuff, I'm going to tell you to, hey, put your notebook down. I know you're feeling some pain. Let's see, can we relate to what she's going through? Even though you might not believe what she's going through. All right. So all reading from one team book instead of... You have, to, you have to be able mm. to access feelings of your partner or you just won't make it work. Right? Because you, you just be fighting. Right. You think right. that's pride? Like, oh, so it's definitely pride. But it's also, too, I tell people when you get here, it's not court. You do that in court. Uh, I object. This is what really happened. <laughs> I really no, don't. No, 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 do you think you need to do that for a co-parenting relationship to be Absolutely. successful? Absolutely. Okay, let me give you a real life story. See, you know, it's funny that you guys have this podcast. <laughs> so when I was in New Orleans, I was licensed to be a child custody evaluator. I don't know what they call it here, but child custody evaluator is who goes in or they come into the office and then you map out who's going to get custody of the kids. So I was licensed to do that in, in New Orleans, and I learned a lot. Right. So I took you had to you only had you had to be an attorney, or you had to be a therapist. You can't you can't do it if you're not. So I learned a lot about kind of the backgrounds of people and why they end up where they end up, right, and how the kids suffer from that firsthand. So when you go in there, you're interviewing kids and saying, who would you like to stay with? And they actually pick a, a parent, but that parent is the unsafe parent. Interesting. You have to be able to, to tell the courts that even though the child prefers this parent, drugs, abuse, or whatever, neglect, you can't stay there. So you got to go to this parent, which is the undesired parent. That, that was tough for me. Okay. Right, because the kid does. The kid just no love. They don't know all the other stuff, right? So why I just don't, that is that doesn't even make any sense to me. Why a child would be is that true? What? A child's in a position to choose what is best for them. Oh, at, at twelve, 12. okay. At twelve, oh, okay. Like at twelve, that's still things. child though. But but at twelve they got autonomy in the in the state of Louisiana. Now I don't know oh, what Washington State is. I, but I don't the, think it's like that. In the state of Louisiana, you twelve, you have a now you don't have the final say so. Right. Okay. You're a part of the process now, but under twelve, you're just you just go with the flow, right? Yeah. You go with the flow, and it, it, like you said, it, they always pick like not majority of the times they pick the unsafe parent. Of course, because the unsafe parent don't have structure, and rules, they do whatever they want. Yes, yeah, okay. yes. And then you're a preteen, you know, about to go into you know my last couple of years of high, uh, middle school, going to high school. Who would I want to be with? I can get away with the most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what they, they normally choose. But the, the, the pressure on me as the child custody evaluator is, you know, you literally have to walk into court with this, you know, 40, 50 page document that you've done research on with the family and say, based on data, you have to lose custody of your kids. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That was tough. So. So coming up here, you know, when I deal with families, I take all that experience now and I sit there and say, OK, we have to have a win win situation here. Mm-hmm. If not. What are you in therapy for if you're not here to to, to make sure everybody wins? This right. is not court, right? Right. Where it's court, you do have to have a winner. You have to have a winner and a loser. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But it's like it's always seems like it's always a battle line gets drawn when it comes to co parenting situations. It's well, like, I'm right, you're wrong. It, has, wrong, it has, right. has to be, right? Because what you're doing is you're trying to convince yourself that you're not the problem. Because you know ultimately that you're damaging the child. Because mm-hmm. the child's gonna grow up and say, What happened to you guys? Right, because they're gonna get into their own relationships, right? And they're gonna be like, boy meets girl, have a child. They love each other. So what happened to my boy meets girl with my mom and dad? Mm. And when they start asking those questions, what's your what's your response to that? We didn't work out. We just your, your mom's a bad picker. I don't know what you tell them, right? Right. right? But you got to tell them the truth because eventually it's gonna come out, and that's when it's gonna be a situation where you have to kind of negotiate them away from their trauma, mm. because it's insecure attachments at that point, right? Because I didn't have my mom and dad with me all the time. So what, in your opinion, from your professional as well as your personal life, is a, how would you define like a healthy co-parenting relationship? That's a great question. I think the two people need to have, like, you know, I'm, I'm using my own personal co-parenting experience. You know, me and my uh, ex, if you want to call it that, you know, we never, ever had ambitions on being married and together. So I have no problem with telling my son that. It's the truth, right? right? So, but it doesn't take away from what he's getting from me, other than I'm not living with him, which is also causing insecure attachments because he's like, man, I don't have what other people have, mm-hmm. right? Which is a dad there every day to, to to be there. So I already know he's coming in with some insecurities. I have to I have to negate those insecurities with some positivity so he can understand that even though you're walking with one leg, you still can do what everybody else is doing. How do you that do mentality. that? Like, like specifically, how I do have you to do go that? to the mom and we have to negotiate everything. 
And when I say negotiate, it's not a fight. It's a negotiation, meaning let me at least know what you're doing. I don't have to veto or not what you're doing, but I need to know what you're doing. So if it comes to me, I need to be able to speak to it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, if she's dating someone, I don't I don't need to vet the person that you're dating because I trust you, you know, and you're a grown person. Right. So but I need to know this person because I don't want something in the future to happen. Then my son say, well, you didn't even ask who was wrong. With us. So I need to cover my butt to make sure that I know that this guy knows what my core values are. Right. So so part of this is when you're dealing with somebody else because you continually date. She's not married, so she's dating. I have to figure that out. And, and and me being a therapist, she was apprehensive of that. She was like, I don't know about that, you know, because I don't need my, my new person grilled by you. Right. <laughs> so I said, well, you know, I won't grill him, but I, I would hope that he would ask, knowing that I'm active in my son's life, that right. he would ask, well, who is his dad and, and what kind of core values does his dad have? I don't know if that's very common. It, it, it's not. That's why you have to be intentional about it as, yeah. as co-parents. You have to be like, this is what I, this is, remember, mm -hmm. not my fear, but my goal. Right. Too. My Absolutely. goal is this is what I expect. Do you agree? And I think like with shows like this, it needs to become uh, more of a common conversation because right. you know we, there's a, a lot of single parents out here that still want to find their true love, and there's a lot of parents out here who are active in the child's world. So mm -hmm. if I'm dating a woman who has a child with this guy, I'm almost expecting to meet him eventually because right. I would expect him to be an active presence in this kid's life so right. it needs to be more but as a parent time. we sit there and we go to school and we make sure the teachers are okay we make sure the school mm -hmm. system okay the curriculum is okay but then who's around our kids outside of school we we're not going to ask right. questions that's yeah. so that's just, no, i don't want to meet that dude i'm cool bro. No, yeah, I'm yeah. Yeah. <laughs> jeffrey do you have a story around this because i want to hear your perspective <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you got something. no no but like no, what's no, been no. your experience with that no it's like experience with that um you know, say I had my daughter young, 22, so it was more of a battle originally. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't understand the importance of being on the same page. So I had to grow into conversations like that. Like, it got to the point, you know, when I reached my 30s, had kind of like, hey, I am dating somebody. Mm -hmm. When do you want to meet her? Just because, mm -hmm. you know, she's an important, she's going to be an important presence in my world, so I want you to get familiar with them. So mm -hmm. we did have those conversations, but that took time to understand it. And, like, you know, he mentioned earlier it's 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 not court it's not yeah. everything doesn't need to be a battle like mm. at, at the end of the day the well-being of our daughter yeah. is the most important to me right. so i hope you do trust me that i would pick somebody that's not going to put our kid in danger right. yeah. so that you know it, it you you got to have it and i really how important that is to have that because it's still not only does it build trust with me and my partner but it builds trust between me and my co-parent as well it's like okay i am still Mm -hmm. An important factor in this whole situation. Yeah, well, we got a job to do. I mean, at the yeah. end of the day, you know, it's not a, it's not even about my co-parent. It's about the job that we have to do. Like when mm -hmm. we signed up to say we're going to keep the child, which we did, mm -hmm. we had a job to do. And the job was no longer about us and our little personal feelings, right? It was about kind of how do we show up the best for the child. Because mm -hmm. the child didn't ask to be here. Right. So, right, absolutely. So, you know, whatever that takes, you know, if that takes your new partner to be a little bit uncomfortable, so be it. You know, I'd rather that than my child be uncomfortable, you know, right. so... So if you got a person who's uncomfortable with meeting me, then you got a problem. Cause I'm not, it's not like I'm in the street with a gun in my pocket ready to shoot him. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So if he's afraid to meet me, then we really got a problem, yeah. right? Right. Little sure. Marcus from Mobile I, out here. Right, right. You, you know, know what I'm saying? The gas pump. I will say it can be nerve wracking. Like I've gone through this process. It's not common because it's not common for people, for parents coming together to introduce a new life force for yeah. the kids right mm -hmm. it's not very common because of that i can see why someone would have some hesitancy especially i don't know men testosterone y'all got yeah, energies definitely. and stuff like that and, and all that and so um and if there's un if there's feelings that haven't been uh completed or like have gone away in terms of the both the parents and that can come into play and so Absolutely. you know i find that I, I i totally get that it can be uncomfortable and that's why one of the episodes we're definitely going to dive into like what that conversation can look like Absolutely. Like when, you're, when you're introducing when should you introduce folks what does that look like and when when do you have this conversation what does that look like and you know go for that go from there and so we'll, we'll definitely go into that because yeah. i've had that conversation with my ex's girlfriend and i would say it's been incredible it's at the foundation for something so great. when was yeah. the but let me ask you a question though how early on was were you introduced to her um that's a good question i would say it'd been months it's okay. been months into the relationship and so then the reason why did you I, know about her from the beginning though or? i did i okay. actually know of her like i knew of her um 
from childhood, like from high oh, school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this so, is familiar. Okay. Yeah, somewhat familiar. We didn't, we weren't close, but I always knew of her. And okay. so, um, so when I, the moment I knew it was time, luckily, okay, let me take a step back. Mm-hmm. Me and my ex decided before we started seeing other people, we had that, luckily we had that like grace period, right? Um, to say, hey, what is it going to look like when we bring other pe- players into oh, okay. our lives? So and y'all so had an agreement that, already. Yeah, we did. Um, and so that was helpful to set that foundation. So when that time came, maybe people would forget. Maybe, I don't know. We didn't have to worry about emotions or whatever getting in the way. Other people, other, the other parent or the other potential parents opinions coming into play and their insecurities so we actually set that foundation so i was good and so when i actually started hearing my son mention the other woman um a number of times like a lot like it was like a, becoming a theme like oh you know we did this we did that oh my god i love them I'm like, all right cool, mm. cool, cool, cool cool sounds like it's time for me to like meet this person yeah. that's so great that you're so excited about them um and so that's when i reached out to my ex and i think he was a little resistant at first he's like ah, i don't know if that's really critical and i'm like bro we talked about this like mm. we literally talked about this. Like, what do you mean it's not critical? So he was afraid you was gonna. My perception. He he'll have to speak for himself. Maybe we'll get him on an episode. I would love that. Um, but my perception was a little discomfort for him. Oh, and okay. so and he did say like, okay, well, what is it that you want to talk about? Mm. And so once I was like, okay, let me. And this is my advice to everyone else. Why don't you guys have this the I topics like, like the the what he said the agenda? I like that for that meeting so everyone knows what. And then the guidelines have that already planned out, mm-hmm. sent in text or whatever you want to do on a phone call. And then, so when you go into me and there's less surprises. I think that's Yeah, and I think, too, about. the other part to that, I like that, too. Uh, I, that's why I'm pretty sure y'all are successful at this. But the other part of that, too, is ex, uh, asking the new person, the, the guy you're dating or the girl you're dating, letting them know, here's what's going on. Are you okay with that eventually? Yeah. Maybe not the first date, but eventually, if we're, we're 90 days in, hey, I'm letting you know that it's going to be a, a, a point where we have to kind of meet up with right. my past. And I'll be at this part, be self-aware of, what that person's in your life about. Like, if right. that person is just there you go. There you go. a situation, there you go. do not bring that don't person around it. your child. Yep. Like, yep. just don't because it. it feels yep. good, don't do that. And I think, yep. uh, I see that happen a lot more than people will care to admit mm-hmm. of situationships. And then they try to do the whole family dynamic. Like, oh, here's my kid. You yeah, know? absolutely. But don't do that. Just no, be self-aware. Don't no, do that. I agree. But I think some of that too, you know, we're taking the, we're taking the accountability away from the, from the person, right, mm. the parent, because I think if you're a bad picker, mm. you, you do that without even knowing. You're thinking you're doing the right thing, mm. you're doing That's the wrong thing. So you, you, you got to be a good picker and mm. understanding what the boundaries are with this relationship. If it's just a booty call, then let it be a booty call, yeah. right? But some people get infatuated with that and it, because we get consistent and all of a sudden you think you're familiar now and you can go to the next level right. when the guy's still meal. thinking you're just a booty call. Yeah, right? they cook right. you one dinner mm. and all of a sudden, I mean, we together. We're together now, no. right? <laughs> like, I'm, hey, if the dinner's hitting, hey. like, I don't know hey, hey, hey. But uh, let me, let's just, let's help, the, let's help our listeners a little bit more. So I know we're saying, like, you're saying be self-aware. You're saying some people are bad pickers. Like, what can someone do if they're trying to not be those things or they're not even ready? I don't know, like, what, what can they think through as they're deciding, should I introduce this person to my child? Well, I think... I think Marcus Alexander. for real. Yeah, no, for real. Yeah. But you got to know yourself, though. Know thyself, right? You you got to know from your lived experiences, kind of what's right or wrong. If you don't learn from your past, especially the worst parts of your past, then you're never gonna get better. So eventually, over time, you realize, just like interviewing for a job, what do I want for this job? You got to have your job description, then you got to interview based on your job description, not based on what they present you. Mm. And I think sometimes we we. Oh man, he looks nice or she looks nice, and you throw away your job description. <laughs> You're like, I just want to experience something, right? <laughs> right? And then all of a sudden, once you experience something, we know, right? Once we hire somebody, I'm using that word. Once we hire somebody, we feel like we got to stick it out, mm-hmm. right? Knowing that ah, this person is not qualified for the job. Mm-hmm. So I think not getting caught up into the the surface level stuff mm-hmm. and really knowing what your core values are. Mm-hmm. Now you you're gonna pick based on your core values. Okay. And and then you're not going to make any decisions if that person don't go, you know, past what you you say. Here's my core value. Can you do it? Show me. That's what dating is all about. It's about interviewing, right? It's not just about having fun. We're not just going to go bowling and go hiking. We're not just going to do that, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to have an agenda and we're going to have a purpose. If I want to date for a purpose, now if I just want to date for a booty call, then it's totally different. Right. Yeah. Which is still a purpose, but it's just like don't mix your purpose. <laughs> Valid purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let right, me tell right. you. But we're talking in terms of kids, though. <laughs> kids, These my yeah, kids. Right. My kids are never going to see you, so you just right. know that. I don't right. care how good we are in the bed, they're never going to see you. Right. Yeah. So I had a question. I don't know. I want to give you time if you had a question. I'll, I'll go ahead. Okay. So how long have you been practicing 
the therapy? Ten. Ten years. Ten years. Yeah. So, so since 2012. Okay. So you began practicing in the beginning phases of phases of social media. Oh man. So how is yes. have you seen a difference yes. of family? Okay. So yes. how like yeah. if you want to Because I think yeah. family I think okay, so here's the thing. Social media can be pretentious, right? So you can mm. almost believe your own hype. So mm. you'll go on there. I have a couple just giving you an example who came in. The guy thought everything was great. The woman reached out to me and was like, We're struggling. I don't even know who he is. He's like, what are you talking about? So he he proceeds to show me his social media page. Look at us. We're having fun here. We're having fun here. We oh, I said, but that's just, that's not checking in. That's not connecting. That's just a picture, right? right? Just know that that's just a photo app. And it, it took me probably about two or three sessions to get him to understand that social media doesn't reflect who you really are in the relationship. Wow. So we had to break that down because you do get lost in the likes, right? right. This guy was the getting likes. 100 likes, you know. Psychological. So, Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely changed things. Plus, the dating game, right? The dating game, now I can just go on social media, and even if I'm married, and just you can, DMs now are not checked unless your your significant other have the password, right? Unlike right. the cell phones back in the day, right? Cell phones, I can go check the records and see what you're doing now. Right. Infidelity can come all ways now. Right. right? So I was so curious about that. So before that, before social media became a permanent state of everybody's life, how were family dynamics to you then well you know 2012 social media was it like was, it was there. there yeah facebook was there you know people started migrating from facebook to instagram right uh then i think even before that they had this thing myspace or whatever you said this you thing. know because i was wrong by then time i, 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 <laughs> into MySpace. I think it was my her I space you, myspace yeah, yeah. I, you, Tom. <laughs> I, Tom, I need to come back Tom. oh my god that's my guy tom from myspace he was oh there. my god tom, oh, todd or no. it was tom tom see see i wasn't you was in the air i wasn't a good friend of tom i didn't even remember his name but uh talking thinking about like your current marriage right so you're you have yep. a new marriage yep. not new how long have you been married we've been we've been together for seven years okay. i mean eight years sorry and and married for six okay awesome and so how has that dynamic been with your older kids your younger your seven-year-old like how has she played a role does she have a connection with the mother of the seven-year-old like what, what does that look like that's a great question uh, she does have a connection with everybody the problem is Again, the whole dynamic of she's thriving, I'm not thriving, so I'm not going to work on that connection. Yeah. So I, she, my, my wife has extended herself tenfold to my child, uh, both kids, but definitely to my daughter to the point where she's almost taking her in and like, we, I'm going to show you how to, how to get money. Pretty much, right? I'm gonna oh, help you. That's a way to connect. But, uh, yeah. but, 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 it's a great but, way to connect. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, create her own business and stuff like that, and awesome. and and got everything licensed and trademarks and all that stuff. Uh, but still rejected. My wife was rejected, you know, because I don't want it from you. I want it from my mom. I want it from my dad. Mm-hmm. You know. So so you know, again, when someone's hurt, and I know my daughter's hurt, right? Because mm-hmm. I see it in her own marriage, right? So she picked the people who are who she thinks is just like me. Mm. So people who, who, even though I wasn't hurtful, she picked a guy who is hurtful. Mm. That makes sense, right? So we're working through that part, right? Still trying to talk to her, still reaching out to her. So it's not like it's a, a dormant relationship, right? But I'm, I'm, you can't put in more than you get back in return. Why is that as Cause a parent? Because it, it's unequally yoked. You're teaching them the wrong message, right? A relationship is a relationship, whether it's a parent or not. You know, you have to teach that you have to give some in a relationship to get what you want out of it. So if not, then I'm not going to drain myself and my, my my energy with somebody that I'm not getting a return on investment. Especially if they're, is that, does that change for age? Like if now she's an adult, but if she was a child, would you still feel that way? Like I can't keep. Well, she don't have the ability to say as a child, but, but again, it depends on who is managing the child, right? Cause the child is not managing themselves. So if you have to fight a bigger issue, then that's going to be a problem, right? Which the parent, the other parent, I think with, with my daughter today, I, I, I run this risk of saying, I want to I want to treat people with their free will. I want to treat them and meet them. You have free will to do whatever you want, right? In life, if you want to go to church and give yourself to God, you can do that. If not, you can't. Your free will. So I'm not going to impose on their free will and say you got to be in a relationship with me my way, because mm-hmm. that's just too you know too controlling. When they come to me, it's because they love me and they want it. Mm-hmm. That's what I want, and I'm patient enough to wait for that part. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sacrifice their. You know their their uh, lived experience for that. Like you said earlier, results based off your goals and not your. Well, I know who I am. Yeah. No, it's based off who I am. I know yeah. who I am. I know I show up for you. I mean, I've paid for my my, my daughter's wedding. Mm. You know, uh, fifteen thousand dollars 
She just got it because mm. she asked for it because that's my job, mm-hmm. right? I didn't sit there and say, well, you weren't talking to me this month. You went, I didn't hold grudges or anything like that. Um, college, you know, I, I, all this stuff she got paid for. So I know I've been there. She can go look at the receipts herself. I'm not going to show them to her. She right. can go look at them herself. But it's never going to be a situation where dead be dead equals what I've been giving you. I've showed up for her game. She was a head cheerleader. Showed up oh. for all her games. You know, I did my part in the sense of what I could control, right? How you feel about me, I can't control that. But I can come to you and ask you, what do you want me to do? And what you're asking me to do is unrealistic. I'm never going to be with your mom. I'm never going to not have fun and enjoy my life. So if you want me to just be down and out and and depressed, that's not who I am. So. And I think for like most fathers I talk to, they're so afraid of taking that approach with like kids that are so angry with them, you Mm -hmm. know? So I think that's a good, healthy place to be in, man. Just like, hey, I did the best I could. Well, I know because I know I'm a child, yeah. right? I know that my mom didn't do everything that I think she probably could have done, but it doesn't take away from the fact that she could have put me in a dumpster. Mm-hmm. She could have. She could. I mean, no one's going to be perfect. We don't get a handbook and say, here's how you have to do this, right? Like a driving test. So, you know, you're going to make mistakes. I want to I wanna deal with humans, though. I, like I told my daughter, I want to deal with you from a human side. You know, if you know that I'm, I'm not good for you, then I can't do anything about that, right? But if you believe that, then I got to protect myself because then you're going to react to me as if I'm that person. Mm. And I got feelings as well. Right. So I got to protect myself, and that's part of being healthy. Mm-hmm. Cool. So uh, I, I had a question, and this is, mm-hmm. okay. So, you know, before you get married, you go to marriage counseling, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that it would be a great idea for parents to have, like, parents – counseling or parents therapy before they start having kids absolutely i call it pre-planning right you know family planning or whatever you want to name it but i think you should go through that because what happens is when a child comes in acts of service steps in the child's gonna come out and be like me 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 i don't care what y'all got going on feed me clothe Mm -hmm. me keep me safe so now (laughs) the time that y'all did have to work on those opportunities per se is no longer there because now the child is dominating that time so if you don't have the necessary tools to work through that, then a child would be perceived as someone who's breaking up the family mm-hmm. when it's really not the child. It's your lack of skills, right? Right. They're projecting all They're the projecting issues. They're projecting it because the child's the new thing. That, that's the only new thing in the relationship is the child, right? Right. Yeah. Versus your adjustment as an adult. Got mm-hmm. you. Because if you plan for it, you should know it's coming, right? But sometimes we have kids and we don't plan for it. So we're surprised. Like the child's going to be up all night. (laughs) We've all all sharing that. The child is up all night. Who who, who knew? (laughs) We didn't work on who's going to get up with the child. I got to go to work. I got to go to work. Who's going to have assignments around here? Yeah, no. Claire, I feel like bringing my business project management skills into my personal life has been tremendous. And my... I, I treat you know my co-parenting relationship as like a team Absolutely. dynamic. So like, how do we continue to nurture this? How do what is your communication preferences? What are mm-hmm. my communication preferences? Let's check in. Like, how yep. are things going? What could I be doing better? What could you be doing better? Absolutely, um, absolutely. And, and then realizing too that that it's okay if we make a mistake. It's not about perfection. It's right. about awareness. We got to be aware of the mistake though. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So like, let's say some co-parents come into your space to do some co-parent therapy. Like, what are some things you think you would work on with them? First thing is, you know, anytime you come into a space when a multi-person therapy, couple therapy, family care, it's all individual therapy. It's me managing those individuals. You should come to therapy, I don't care who you're coming with, working on yourself. Mm. So it's not about telling your parent, your other partner to do something. Mm. It's about what do you feel your deficiencies are. So I first attack do you see yourself as a, a, a part of the weakness? If you don't, then we have a bigger issue because mm-hmm. that means you see yourself as perfect. You see yourself as the mm-hmm. not the problem. So ain't my fault. I right. Because you know, by the time you yeah. get to a co-parenting piece, meaning the relationship is over with, it's still some animosity there. Come oh, on, because yeah. no one gets into a relationship to end it, right? So you still have to deal with those egos. Those egos is you know I got mm-hmm. like right now. I'm, I mean, I want to ask you so bad. Your ex, did he have a problem with you dating, having sex? having guys in his space, in this space, d- did he have a problem with that? Because that's an ego thing. So that's right. going to interfere with the parenting if he don't know how to self-regulate. Right, mm-hmm. right. So so it's a lot of that stuff we work on in therapy, right? Okay. What's your, you know, I call it emotional intelligence, right? Five things, right? You're going to be your self-regulation, your self-awareness. What's your goal, which is the kid probably. Mm-hmm. 
Did Better be. Well, you know. <laughs> you said probably. I don't know. But some people goal is she don't have nobody around my kid. It's just, you know, I need to still have a key to her house. It, it's really oh, drastic. Wow. You're like, I'm going to pop up on her. You know, right. Hey, Whenever I make sure the kid is okay. Yeah. Right, right, right. right. No, I want to know who you got over there right. who's doing you what I'm not doing. You got this coat in my house. I have to bring this coat back. You know? oh so God. you got to know what somebody's motivation is, right? And yeah. then you got, you know, social skills, meaning I need to be able to interact in multiple spaces, not only with you, but with my child and with the person you probably meet. And then the last one is going to be empathy. Mm. You just Ooh, got to that understand one. that we moved on, man. Mm-hmm. You know, let me be happy. You know what I'm saying? Support I was, me. I was actually, can you define empathy? Because people get apathy and empathy. Oh, no. apathy. Okay. Go, go yeah. You want me to? No, I thought no. you were about to say something about apathy. But no, oh, I don't even know what that means, actually. Okay. <laughs> well, empathy is yeah. the ability to sit there and say, oh, I see you're going through something. Mm. And I see it's causing you stress, right? The difference between empathy and compassion, which is the two that people normally get confused. Compassion is I see you going through something. Oh, but I want to do something about it. Okay. Right. It's like a step further. But empathy is just like, okay, I know you, you, you're going to be dating somebody. There's nothing I can do about it. I just got to understand your life. Right. Now, if, it, you know, if this guy was truly, a girl truly compassionate, they would be like, you know what? I know you need to move on. You're, we're no longer together. If you need to date, I'll keep the kid. How about that? Because I know I want you to be happy. Right. That's compassion. Mm. You're doing something about me. You're pushing me toward happiness. As long as it's healthy and it's long as it's healthy, yeah. right? Boundaries, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's 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 co-parents out there, man. They they work wonders with, you know. They all together, you know. I call it the Will Smith effect, right? You know, they all <laughs> grew up together, right? <laughs> Wait, yeah. right. can you laugh? I never, <laughs> did you come up with that? No, no. I'm just the, the Will, Will Smith, Smith effect. effect. Is it, is it okay. it From day one, here's my ex. Here's my son. Yep. Let's all do this together. Why right. are we? Why are we? cutting people off you know right yeah for sure for sure for high sure. level of trust and, and boundaries and you know expectations have to be pr- present but all right. you work that I, out i feel like the dream i feel like the best example and then this doesn't have to be the best example but i think like i feel like i will have arrived at like co-parenting like success if like we all go on a family vacation together um, cause vacation, now we ain't go. gotta do that. Like I, you go. could be a great co-parenting situation and not go on vacation together. So I respect that. Yeah. But I do feel like if you have the ability to like sh- share your, ba- your time off together, mm. like you're choosing <laughs> to be around each other. Right. Um, I think that could be a great thing. Obviously there's a lot of boundaries, traveling with people, like there's so many things yeah. there, but, um, but yeah, I feel like I worry really about the great. people, the, the, the people who are your partner. Like, you know, when I have time, if I'm dating you, I don't want to spend our time with your ex. Y'all do that on y'all. I mean, I'm not going to knock it if you want to spend time with him, but I don't know if I want to spend my quality time, my one week off of work, my whatever, with your ex. That's just, you know, it's getting too crowded right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I respect that. I right. do. I think with me, though, like, it'll take, we had to be together for a couple of years. So oh, yeah, it's got to be so grounded. Yeah, before that discussion even happens. So grounded. Yeah. Yeah, for so sure. I, I, I'm not nowhere near that. Not, but you're yeah, not there. I don't even got one. I don't even have a per- person right it's now. It's a goal, so. though. It's a goal. So I, it's good. I think that's like yeah. So I had one more question. Okay. So let's speak to the co-parent, the co-parents that know there's something's wrong, but they don't want to go to therapy. What advice or what or what would you suggest they do to figure out how they can reach that point where they do need to go see somebody like yourself? That's gonna be hard because most of the time you won't know if you don't want therapy. Then you're you're, you're thinking you have the answers, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you don't want to get the answers because you know you already have them. I would I would challenge people to have a checks and balance in their life, whether it's parents, you know, family members, or to be honest with you, the child, depending mm-hmm. on how old the child is, right? right? You know, I would ask I would have the parents ask the child, "How do you see us?" Because the biggest report card you can mm-hmm. get is from the person you're trying to change, right? Or, or the judge. And trust that person that you've been giving that person a chance to, to have critical thinking skills, right? And I'm not saying you're going to do this at six years old, but right. but you definitely do it in preteen on up, 11 on up. You, you ask, you know, hey, what do you see? Yeah. You know, what do you see the outcome? What's the best outcome between me and your dad? What do you want us to improve on? What do you want? Because they get a chance to see dad and mom, right? Mm-hmm. So they get to know the best of both worlds. You know, I mean, you give them limitations. Mom and dad are never going to be together. Mm-hmm. We're never going to be living in the same house. You know, you give them the parameters. Then now with those parameters, now how do you see us? And right. then based on what you want, because we should be doing it for you, right? Because right. you're the one that's going to be benefiting from this. Right, for sure. I mean, I asked Dior this morning, like, what, do you, what are, like, the biggest differences you see between my house and your dad's house? And he's like, your house means free time. I'm like, huh. And then I feel away because I don't feel like it is that way. But whatever. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. But your house is free time. Dad's house is like 
work and then free time. I'm like, mm. I'll make you read. I mean, I'm glad you do that reading is free time though. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's good. Yeah, but anyways, yeah. but like I'm already kind of asking questions and I am trying to set him up for success. He's seven, so he's a little too young to really, you know, he's, he's a bit of a people pleaser. It's probably survival. That's probably age appropriate. Um, and so I know that he's going to say, he wants to say things that are make me feel good. Um, but I am trying to set him up for like, okay, give me feedback. I'll even give him examples. Like maybe you didn't like when me and your dad did this or like, Maybe I, with you, I was too impatient with you. This, mm. I think I was too impatient. Like, what are your thoughts? So I try to like mm. at least give him some examples of where I'm failing, so he can have the foundation for like, how do I give my mom feedback? Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how no, that that's, ends that's, up. That's but. important. That's important too. But also, I know we don't have enough time, but we need to really jump into kind of those. How do you see gender roles? Because kids, research has shown they see gender roles real early. You so said gender. Oh, gender, gender roles. roles. Okay. Like you're you're a woman. Mm-hmm. I'm a man, dad's a man, or, or a boy, whatever. And I expect certain things without anybody telling them that. they just observing, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to talk about that, too, because sometimes now in today's society, those roles are reversed, right? Mm-hmm. You might be the breadwinner, not dad. You might be the one that's more strict, not dad, you know? So you got to make sure that he understands all of that. Mm, and and, and then don't get confused with that because you guys are not in the same household. That's dope. Man, it's incredible. Right. One thing I want to also talk about too is because you know Exes and Babies offers coaching, and so like, have you known people to use therapy and coaching together? Yeah, let me let me break that down real quick though, because I think it's been. Are you a life coach? I could be. I think that's part of therapy, right? Life coach is I'm gonna work on today going forward, hitting your goals. Therapy is I can do that as well, but it also tells you why you've been held back. Right. So it goes back to the trauma. And it goes back to your own behaviors and learned behaviors that you, you, you've learned through childhood and, and your lived experiences, which life coaches don't do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? You, right. You're not licensed or trained to go back to someone's trauma and say, here's what's holding you back, though. I can give you a roadmap right. to Florida, but if I know your car is messed up and it's damaged, you're not going to get there. Right. right. So I need to get you to start with the car first. Make sure you're, the way you're going to get there is, is healthy. Gotcha. Right. I agree. I, I'm a coach, and I would never want to... Go into that icky, like in the past stuff. I'll and you should, because you guys I'm are literally not licensed to do that. But yeah, right. but but you're <laughs> but good at saying here's how that. you get to where you need to do the GPS. I right. think that's important. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Is there any like final words you would say to people who might be struggling with co-parenting? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is embrace it. I think the fact that you know each child walking around yourself included had two parents, so embrace the fact that you can actually make a bad situation better by sitting there having open communication, trust, compassion, and then it's still some emotional intimacy in co-parenting, right? Mm-hmm. I know every time you and your, your your co-parent make a good decision that's really healthy, it still gets you wet, but but it's not wet like that though, right? right. It's, it's wet in the sense that, wow, you know, we are being adults, we're being mature, and I like that part. And my kid gets to see my me and his father or, or, or mother kind of co-parent and, and relate to each other. And I think that's gonna help them long long term. So make sure that you're always leaving that open communication and transparency there. I'm not hiding anything from my co-parent. It's not going to be one of them. You don't need to know. You can know everything mm-hmm. about me. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? Because everything's going to be used for the betterment of the kids. So. Yeah. Right. That's dope. Yeah. Well, this thank you so much. Thank you so much yep. for taking appreciate the time it. and dropping some knowledge and some gems. Yes. Yep. Yep. I appreciate you guys having this platform, but this is good. So I look forward to following you guys and make sure that y'all keep having these guests on talking about co-parenting. Yeah, yeah it's going to be a good time. All yeah. right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it.